morning, Mr. Boy. Uh, yes, yes, morning. Uh, I'm good. Uh, it is getting warmer these days, I guess. Uh, yeah. Toast was actually delivered. Okay. Uh, okay, the well, drone got stuck in a tree, obviously. Um, I'm pretty sure that the toast is also talking. It's uh, it's waffling toast, isn't it? Well, um, y- yes. Uh, yes, well, yes, okay. very clever, very good. <laughs> um, what will Jeremy think of next? Um, uh, well, I mean, I guess it's been long enough now. Can we please get to uh, talking about design? You know, it's, it's funny you say that. Um, I was thinking about it the other day with Jeremy and we were talking about I, I could it. care less. Get on with it, Shackman. Oh, right. Okay. Toasting design, Shaka Shackman, Michael Boer. Um, can I dare ask what you've learned this week? Oh, yes. So, I was busy, you know, going around the interwebs inter- looking for interesting, not really huh. looking for interesting facts, but I was on a, a thing looking about, uh, uh, weird enough, um, the new uh, Royal Navy aircraft carriers done a sort of stop in Japan, and anyway, oh, yeah. there was some sort of related, re- related news then. This headline caught my fancy. It said, uh-huh. and would you have clicked on this, <laughs> Japan does not have a large indoor skydiving population. <laughs> I yes, I would have clicked that. Ah, I've got to see if this is a done by Google Translation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, I was curious. Um, guess which website I ended up on? Guinness World Records. Okay. Ah, so weird. This that is for, okay. it's, just, it's done as um, like school sports. It's it's indoor skydiving. There are indoor skydiving coaches um, sort of across Japan. Obviously, COVID's had a bit of an effect there. Sure. But there are those vertical wind tunnels. And anyway, this um, this particular young lady has set a world record for two different um, sort of things. The okay. one is, uh, p- imagine your legs in the front splits. Okay. Doing uh, a, a, a rotating spin. So you spin yourself around 360 degrees inside the wind tunnel. She did 78 of those before hitting the side. Holy and then hell. she did uh, horizontal spins, like uh, skydives. You know, you sort of fly and... and and, and the world record is for the okay. most number of horizontal spins done in the vertical wind tunnel in a minute, and she managed to do 60. So it's one one a second. Um, Holy hell. Yes. And I thought, this is quite this is quite quite fun. And then I thought, what other sports could be done inside a vertical wind tunnel, Mr. Sheckman? I've got a couple of ideas which I'll start off with, and then let's see what you come up with. <laughs> okay, cool. The first Shoot. was world record. For how many slices of pizza you could eat in a vertical wind tunnel in a given space of time? Do you have the pizza before you get into it, or is it a case of the pizza's released and you got to catch it? Um, no, I guess you start with a with a with a box. Um, okay. So yeah. you've now you're floating in, in. I mean, the air going upwards is uh, it's got to be at well human terminal velocity. So we're talking two hundred k's now. A pizza box at two hundred k's an hour. Opening the lid with your two hands, while <laughs> and then getting your slice out with all the topping on. I think that would be the world's most hilarious thing to watch. I then thought, what about the world's fastest folded paper aeroplane inside a vertical wind tunnel? I'd imagine trying to fold paper at 200 something k's an hour is quite a challenge. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, bring out the inner child. The fastest time, so you give everyone a standard thing picture uh-huh. and they've got to color it in inside a vertical wind tunnel i thought that would be great tv people would just watch that yeah dear brother's painting it well that's right what other things can you think would be fun to do in a crazy environment like that <laughs> do a haircut give someone a haircut that's ridiculous <laughs> Mr. Shepard, come on. 
I mean, it, it's interesting the, the pizza idea because um, in the typical way uh, YouTube works these days with the algorithm, I've been watching speed eaters, um, guys do the competitions and so on and so forth. And I just, my thought was, okay, how could you fold the pizza up in such a way that you could actually get rid of the box and take the entire pizza in your hand in one go? Um, We've but, done that before, uh, somewhere. We spoke about <laughs> the rolled up pizza, didn't we? I think and the so. problem with the topics, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, okay. anyway, but I, I think... I like haircuts, haircuts. It's yeah, 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 haircuts. Hair, no, no, haircuts, yeah. Um, I mean, the haircut be one thing, but I mean, I almost... It's, it's, we're talking about COVID, you know, that it's restricted the, um, yes. the, the stuff. I mean, a, a lot of systems these days, you know, we've gone to automated shopping where you do it online and it's all mm. dropped off for you and so on and so forth. There are certain services which we can do, we can't do online, or we can't do remotely necessarily, um, uh, because they they need a person. And uh, I mean, how would you do a? Not it wouldn't be remote. You'd have to go. I mean, you'd have to go in, or it's a system that's dropped off. You plug it on your head, or whatever the case is. But how would you have a system give you a haircut? I mean, I'm, given... I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Let's let's take a model of something which is automated, but it's it's not something that you own yourself. I mean, for example, okay. if anything which could cut your own hair and dodge your ears and your eyes and stuff like that's yeah. going to be quite expensive. It's going to be quite big. Yeah. Let's let's take the model of like a professional car wash place. Ah, oh yeah, okay. Uh, it, it, it is automated. Those, those yes. big fancy ones. Yeah. But now I'm I'm imagining that uh, every like shopping mall could have one of these. Uh, imagine an old-fashioned photo booth when people. I was just thinking go. exactly that photo kiosk. Yeah. <laughs> and you think with all the kind of sensors with 3D scanners and stuff like that, um, it would be perfectly doable. The machine would have a basic idea of what what you look like. You would choose what you'd like, um, using technology which they have had in, on um, like five axis CNC machines for thirty years now. A collection of different tools. Um, you could do whatever. I, I think the issue there is the sort of dexterity of the aligning the hair and using scissors. I think like for a a, well, a guy yeah. sort of short back and sides with clippers, I'm imagining a machine could do that pretty efficiently. You know, so I think that there are two fundamental approaches to this. There is the let is let us replicate what people have done, and the way we cut hair is based on the dexterity of our hands and what we can do yes. do with them. For the most part, okay, you get the outrageous hairstyles and so on and so forth. Yep. But if we're going with a new style of cutting hair, the, the, this more automated system, we might move away from it. So you effectively you you have a a thing that creates a suction so it goes close to the head creates a suction and then anything that comes through a mesh is just clean sheared straight off um i want to throw a little bit of destruction into this thing i'm just busy dreaming i saw bird go past (laughs) and i thought how they fly drones where and and also how they do surgery some some microsurgery where where actually the expert is not even in the same country or on the same continent and you could have some, let's say, haircutting professional monitoring, I don't know how many machines you could monitor simultaneously to sort of make sure that, that it, it, it does its job type thing. Um, you know, it, it you know the machine might not be able to pick up that that particular person has got 17 bolts in their left ear. <laughs> you need to be a bit careful around it. Whereas the, the human intervention could be there to just make sure that it's, it's okay. And also you could give sort of audio cues or, or, or visual commands or, or you could order the machine to do something if the person does something 
you know in, in inside the machine I, I think that yeah i think that would be quite strictly necessary you know it's it's all well and good saying well i've, I've developed a new way of cutting your hair I'm not going to be the first one that stands inside this machine that clamps onto my head, makes a lot of buzzing noises. I feel a weird dripping, not like feeling down the side this of my neck. Feeling, yeah, yeah. I'm certainly not going to do that. But if I know that it is a machine on which the on the other side of it is a person controlling it, I mean, okay, let's consider um, you know the how much training have they had necessarily. But for the most part, I think I trust that more um, than a. This, this thing is going to scan me and know what my hair is currently um so effectively you don't need it, it the person can still see what you're looking at it just they need cameras um maybe even a, a sort of a, a sort of stereoscopic cameras so that they can get that yeah. depth perception uh, i think that that'd be quite important you don't want to snip snip ah snip your ear off um, exactly yeah you need to be able to get into view to make sure that you could you know you'd almost need you know the the the, the a bit like how some of the surgeries done where there's a mm. glove on the person's yes. hand and uh it, it it can pick up there so particularly for the delicate bits you know around around ears and eyes and mm. and uh, and final bits there could be a little bit there but for the generic stuff you know like you know clipping up the back and and stuff like that yes you could certainly come up with some form of gentle automation with a couple of very basic ground rules like you know metal can't lit literally get to the skin you're gonna have to have some form of uh, guard and you could either do that with like a um something softish that that had like um suction to pull the hair you know as, as you mentioned yeah. or um or, or, or blow you know get it to like blow the hair up against something and then do it do it that yeah. way but yeah you need to do something like that um and i mean if, if if people go there you might even be able to use like some form of like light static charge you know to like oh hell yeah out. yeah um, you could certainly I, do stuff like that but i, I think uh, it would come down to how short or long the hair is already yeah, you know, that there'd be a large variation in persons with hair down to their waist is you know it's how far back do you ne are you necessarily going and so on and so forth i, I think there with the design of this sort there would be l extreme levels where it's like okay I, i'm I, you know i'm catering for the 95th percentile person yes the person you know a good old rapunzel is pulled in sorry sweetheart you, you're getting the minor minor uh, the guy's going to be or the woman's going to be there directly um we're not automating we're not going to do the sort of remote one for this one exactly right you know a person rocks up there and they want to have sort of highlights and their hair bleached <laughs> and you know it turns out the button goes wrong and you end up i mean i'm just imagining the world's kind of disastrous accident you could have <laughs> oh yeah no no exactly Spring. automated you know there's the booth have your hair pre-bleached before you have it hit you know cut it's like <laughs> <laughs> and now i'm blind yes no exactly or not i've just drowned in, in, in bleach um Okay, so I mean, yeah. automated stuff, yes, certainly possible. There'd be all kinds of rules and safety things to come up with. Well, let's let's simplify this a little bit. What kind of other sort mm. of automated things or, or, or things could you think of? I mean, yeah, you know, going and getting a haircut, bit of a schlep, etc. Quick and easy, um, you know, multiple machines available, uh, stuff like that. What, what, what other scenarios can you think of which would be quite nice to have some form of, I don't know, automated solution available for a rainy day when you needed something? I mean... I don't know if we've discussed it before, but because we, we we brought it up before, you know, automatically making a pizza. But I think you do get machines that automatically can do that now, fold the dough and all, all that stuff for you. Um, so right, problem solved. Um, automated things. What, what, what about automated stuff for if you go to somewhere and you realize, oh damn it, I've 
I've left it behind. You know, you go you go somewhere and it's like, yes, it's really bright. I should have brought sunglasses or hat or sunscreen or something. Damn it, I need emergency supplies. And it's on the beach or it's at a camp in the game reserve or something. And it's a case of there isn't anything else. But, you know, could you could you justify some form of automated system which would have emerged you know you you go somewhere and it's like oh, i left my toothbrush at home um you know the thing things like that but maybe on the more like sort of ridiculous yeah the, the more <laughs> yeah, oh, i need i need a sudoku book i really want a sudoku book right now. <laughs> the train flies over laser etches sudoku into the rainforest so that you you get your uh sudoku on, on a large scale um but i mean I, i'm thinking the I'm not a parent, but I can imagine, you know, you're at a particular thing and the kid now wants to do activity X or sees another kid sees with activity X. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's the kite. That Why do they have a kite in the beach here? Yeah. <laughs> That's a horrifying thought of a young boy. But yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, how would you then have it that you could automate? I mean, I, I don't think it's automation so much. It's, it's effectively either it's a... A quick mass production, or it's a vending machine. Let, yeah, you know, a vending machine of cool stuff. So, what cool stuff would you have? Let's let's take the thing of a sort of playground type environment. What 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 cool things would people? <sighs> okay, need? I mean, first I'm, aid, bandages and stuff, plaster. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I was thinking hey, toys, but sure, yeah. No, 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 no. Definitely first aid. for pulling out a splinter. Oh hell yeah! It, it, it's. Something to to clean up the muck and stuff like that. I mean, speaking cleaning of up muck, what about dealing with a bee sting? Ooh, yeah. So like it's almost like a like one of those solder suckers that sucks out the bee sting in any of the relative venom. Yeah. Things. Okay, so you could um, have you could have toys, you could have cuts, you could have uh, what else would you play with? Balloons, uh, frisbees. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's the mega expensive stuff like you know little tiny quadcopter and, and stuff like that. You could, I suppose, you could cater to to whatever. But I mean, you know, normal sort of inner city park. You'd need, you need well, fun I, things like that. I, I'm thinking one of the, the cool things that could be is a if you could very quickly print something. So 3D print. Yeah, you know, I want a frisbee. Yeah, 3D print a frisbee. So it's then also teaching kids and stuff and getting them interested in, in the sciences and so on and so forth with this, with this technology. Um, and then it's a case of afterwards it's made from disposable materials so it's just it, it's thrown in the bin or in the bin that is next to your device and that material is recycled and then the next day it can print your um, kites or whatever case it breaks okay cool let's go print another one throw that one in, in the trash and let's print another one get stuck in a tree it's biodegradable who cares um, exactly I would think that with, with, with stuff like that I mean you could uh, you could certainly have it where you, you had like a, a multi uh, material type things so for kites and things mm. you could certainly like let's say use um, a, a, a paper sheet built into the machine um, yeah. as the as the lightweight material because to print stuff like that just wouldn't be it no. could be um, let's try and get away with plastics paper works just as just as well that very yeah. lightweight type stuff mm. but then it could pull out and then you could either choose a design or you could design your own thing um, and then would literally just need to lay out some very lightweight polymer stuff as the basic frame yeah. And then um, issue you with a set of uh, strings and um, out, out spits this thing and then you go fly. Um, yeah. A frisbee could also be a paper-based thing. Um, there's no reason not. And then it could just yeah. be like reinforced around the edges with just like that inner flat but having a very light um, like inner semi-monocog webbing structure for it. But certainly doable. Um, 
I think it'd be like it'd be an interesting project actually. You know, design the fastest printable frisbee that can be thrown and operates like a normal frisbee. Um, so effective, and I mean using go paper based things. Uh, I mean, or, I've just had an idea on how yeah. to do that. So, for mm. example, let's say you had things that looked like paper plates. So they were the basic yeah. form of a frisbee, and they you know, yeah. two sizes. Now, all you need to do is, I'm imagining a hot melt gun. You start from the yeah. center, the paper spins, and then all you do is you move the gun outwards in a spiral in one direction. Yeah. And then one, you then just stop it and then reverse it, and then what will happen is your spirals will cross. Yeah. And you'll you'll produce like a geodetic, um, one of those like 3D DNA optimized like webbing structures, um, and then it spits it out. But uh, here's the thing. I guess you could even do that without the paper plates in there because if you were to just do this quickly enough, it would almost be um, uh, a, a, a very lightweight plastic solid. Yeah. And and I mean, there's there's no limit to how fast the polymer can come out of the gun. That's just a function of um, energy and pressure and stuff. Um, yeah. No. Exactly. So yeah. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it won't be done in ten seconds, but I mean, you know, no, no, no. But I mean, I think about a half hour wait or anything. No, no, I mean, you could uh, theoretically. That's the thing. I mean, you would be getting away from a standard three D printer, so a lot of your complex shapes and things you don't yes. want it where it's got the supporting structure and stuff necessarily in it. Um, so it'd basically be a, a, a the rapid toy prototyping uh, system for parks and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but then, I mean, at that point, if if we're looking at shapes and how we'd produce the the frisbee, you could have it like, right, we need a, a mug now for this, or we need an extra cup for this juice, or, or whatever the case is. It's, all right, let's print one up, print a bowl up for this, or, or do something like that. Exactly, um, a, a splint for Johnny's arm. He's fallen down and he's, he's broken his arm, so there's this, there's that, and a splint while we wait for, for someone. I mean, you could, you yeah. could even go to sort of that, that level of things. Um, Okay, yeah, that's uh, I, I quite like that idea. The other thing about sort of parks and things is, let's just tweak it slightly. Uh -huh. What about the sort of uh, let's stick with the kind of zoo environment? But let's say a place where kids can explore. You know, you might want a, like a net to catch spiders or a magnifying glass to look at things. Having a machine that can have those sorts of things, which you you would never go to the zoo with a magnifying glass. No, no, exactly. Or, or, or stuff like that. Um, you know, things which are not. It's not a set of binoculars. It's not a camera. It's not anything that's an expensive thing. But it's just something which is uh, a kind of fun to have, which you you wouldn't think about taking. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you, you it, it's sterilizing stuff for our new sort of healthy environment we now operate and work in. And it's yeah, right. You, you want to look closely at the spiders right here. Let, let's get you a magnifying glass, and hopefully the zoo doesn't put an ex excessive price increase on it. And, and so on. Hopefully Johnny doesn't go outside and burn all the ants. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's a very good life skill to learn yeah look i mean if, if johnny's burning the lion from the the lion enclosure no, 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 <laughs> we've got larger issues and things we get too big a magnifying glass but yeah no exactly give, give some of those extra tools and things like that um i mean at the same time you could effectively do it the same with museums and things um rapid production or, or sort of uh i need a set of headphones to do the tour right let's just you know there's a kiosk um you can do it you know obviously the you get them from the desks and stuff like that but in an environment where we want to keeping people potentially social distance and we're still doing it we're still yeah. probably likely needing to be doing it for a while to come um in certain countries at least yeah. then that that's something that, that now becomes quite valid so it's a case of 
maybe it's almost less getting away from production of the the items themselves but a quick or a, a basically a universal kiosk that can be bought cheaply installed and installed with whatever devices right you're dealing with headphones here you, you can install the headphones in your device and it can deploy them but it can also then cater for magnifying glasses and um yeah all, all you need to do is you can make it universally adaptable because if if exactly you want new products to come out you would just need to choose or modify something that is inside it like a an insert you know with a 3d print obviously like the lenses for the magnifying glass you you would like have stacked in a in a pringles tube type thing oh yes and yeah. then you would just haul it out and you know the kid can choose from four different designs and two colors oh yeah handles and, and right so on there so for forth. you exactly yeah 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 um uh, yeah i think that that's the thing is, is is incorporate some of the newer techs and things but you also want to potentially that when we go back to i mean what was normal anymore but going back to where social distancing is less critically important you also yep. wanted to still have a potential use otherwise people might say ah is it really worth it i mean surely COVID's done in a month um that that sort of thing of, of being able to use it okay maybe you know you i mean there's still why not you don't necessarily need to have as many persons running your your desks and stuff like that because the person's needs and, and so on and so forth are then set up there and waiting for you that's um, right and i mean you think about it you know if you if you you know you you probably would have gone to some form of park or whatever as as a kid the mm. point is if the same stuff is in the park every single time eventually as a kid your um imagination is fully fully flooded and you, you, yeah. you know you give up but but if there's a, a cool thing in the park which you know isn't prohibitively expensive and mm. you know if every couple of months there's some new kit you can get out of this machine to go and have fun with um you'd keep going back yeah and you're and you're keeping learning new things and, and so on and so forth um and hell i mean you you could then as the person producing this you started off as the the park version because it's a little bit bigger and it's semi-paid by the municipalities and so on and so forth but use that to sort of fine-tune the design so that it becomes home ready um or even you know for schools and things like that right today you know we're going to build these projects and stuff cool now we're making your project and then, you know let's see how that then works and or you know, what do you want to play with today you're doing this for the preschools and so on and so forth um, exactly you know it's, it's like one of those things as you've been talking about so it's been busy thinking but what i saw in, in the shops literally this last week was uh, um you would have had it as a kid as a kid on your you would have had one on your bicycle as anyone who was interested in airplanes you would have had one of those little like plastic folded plastic windmill things that spun you know it was yes. like a flat sheet that was folded over i saw those those are back in the shops now i haven't Seriously? seen one of those for 20 years and they're back. You can sure. find them all over the place, and I've seen them <laughs> on prams and stuff. And you think, every, every kid at school had like multiple of those. Yeah, things. yeah. And then they just disappeared. And they're the simplest toy you can have because you can have fun in your own home. You just run around with it, and it spins. Yeah. You're not going to have fun with it for 14 years straight. No. If you do, there's something wrong with you. But, you know, you'll, you'll certainly have fun with it. You'll try it. You'll blow it to the hairdryer. You'll try it underwater. You'll try a bunch of different things. And okay, you might try and figure out how it works or what it does. Um, you know, you think, oh, if I blow it, this thing, I'm producing power. It's like, no, no, no. All things are just equal, kid. That's all. <laughs> you're going to eat the food to blow the air to make the power, and you're going to have losses involved somewhere. <laughs> But I mean, then what you could have it is if, if it's of a particular plastic that can be melted down again and reused, 
Actually, let me try this shape. Let me actually see if I, instead of having it go, folded this go, way, so we're not worrying about now folding for mass production. It's printed for mass production. And right, let's show that. Nope, that, that, that didn't work. That that spins much slower. It's also much heavier. All right, let's go larger diameter. Oh, now it keeps hitting my hand when I'm holding it. Okay, cool. It's short. You know, it's that sort of thing. It's basically, exactly. effectively teaching design. Um, in the sort of the good old standard test it build it doesn't work test it build yep. it doesn't yeah so on and so forth break it experiment try again yeah yeah uh, you cut your blades too short now it doesn't spin i can't make another one <laughs> cut it so small again <laughs> yeah exactly cool all right well i mean i still, I still want to do that skydiving thing that does sound fun yes. and I wouldn't, yeah you know don't think i'm necessarily going to try the spinning stuff I, I, I think I think two people in one of those things with paintball guns, just to see if it is possible for you to shoot like level and actually get close. Like where would you need to aim the gun? You'd probably need to aim it like almost straight down at like a forty-five, and the bullet would rick it sort of. Well, of course, you'd have so yeah. Much fun in a thing like that. Or, but uh, um, yeah, make it basically flexible swords. Uh, uh, flutter. Yeah. I was effectively thinking of like a badminton shuttlecock, you know, yes. heavily affected by wind currents. So you really, and it's basically laser tag. I mean, it's the whole. You know what you should do instead of fighting with swords, you fight with um, uh, rowing oars because you've got that weird curved airfoil that at two hundred km sure. is going to move all over the place. So what you could use the air the airflow to actually accelerate the. I mean, it's dangerous. And you'd have shit, Newton's three on you as well, so you'd have to have the front one and the. That would actually be a really good cool sport. Why did we talk about windmills? Why didn't we talk about this? <laughs> That's just a human windmill. <laughs> True, yeah. Exactly. All right, but anyway. All right, thanks so much for listening. If you've got any suggestions, obviously, there's toastingdesign at gmail.com. Otherwise, thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Cheers.